All right, welcome to a special episode of Forward Thinking this week. We have the whole CSTU team. Um, we have Christy, everyone raise your hand. We have Brady Bunch style if you're watching the video. Mm -hmm. And then we have Neil and Maddie and Jarrell. Last but not least, of course. And Charlie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie. And Christy. Um, so today we wanted to, we're still kind of coming off the buzz of this week's workshop that we held at Opstars, um, which was an eight-part framework to take your marketing ops from tactical to strategic. And the focus was really around how to elevate your marketing ops um, function, but also just your role in marketing ops. So we thought it'd be awesome to do a recap the whole team kind of attended um and uh, we thought it'd be cool to kind of just like look back on um the participation of our guests and um also just some of the stuff that we talked through so yeah should we kick it off yeah what was your favorite part my favorite part um i just love the the participation i think from um from all of the people um, on the workshop, like our chat, everyone was very um, open, I think, and, and shared a lot. I think one of my favorites was just kind of seeing how people felt like we, we empathize with them. Someone specifically said, I feel so seen right now. And that was a, that was a great moment. Cause that's a big, um, I think that's a big goal for forward thinking, but also just any of the content we put out because we really empathize with um, everyone in marketing ops because it's a it's a tough thing to do, but it's also awesome for a career to be in. So yeah, I think we forget because obviously we run a marketing operations agency and everyone we work with is in mops, but then there's so many teams of one out there kind of going solo, flying solo, and they don't really have anyone to talk to and give them advice and work with and help mm -hmm. them through the difficult moments. So yeah, everyone, I think it's always good. Everyone was in the chat saying like, oh, I feel your pain, like talking to each other saying like, I mm -hmm. feel your pain, so-and-so. Like, yeah, was yeah. chat was pretty explosive. And I, I just looking at you guys, like overall, just you and Chrissy have just such like an amazing dynamic that that you guys can really use to your advantage when like doing these workshops and stuff like that because not only do you have the male perspective of things you also have the female perspective of, of things and like you know she represents the women in tech you represent the men in tech so you have these audiences that, that can come together and stuff you know it's weird in this world like men tend to just only like to listen to men and women <laughs> you know you know you know it's like it's that representation there and just like you know it was it was amazing to see you know, everybody explosive in the chat, sharing their concerns. Like Chrissy said, one of my favorite uh, posts in the chat was, you know, I've never felt so seen in a session. And like, that's big, man. Like when you can make somebody feel like they're visible, like as if they're really in a working session at a conference, um, mm -hmm. like that's golden, man. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, we were talking beforehand. I remember, uh, cause it was a workshop, right? It wasn't just like a 30 minute presentation. And then when you're not really with people in person, you just never really know mm -hmm. kind of how something like that's going to go down. Like, are people going to be willing to, to participate? So we kept, we, we always had like a backup, you know, in our mind. Like if, if we ask who wants to be the person to take us through 
you know, their tech evaluation, like one of the first parts, we knew that if no one raised their hand, we had something to fall back on. But straight away, when we said that, there was like people wanting to do it mm -hmm. and to go through. So, yeah, I feel like marketing ops people, they're always pretty willing to, to share what they're going through um, and talk and speak up. Mm -hmm. So, so it was, uh, yeah, that was definitely a highlight for me, the participation part. Yeah. I think yeah. one thing that, oh, go ahead, Christy. Oh, I was surprised, like, talking through people's struggles, like, how open, like, and honest people were. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. if it's not being recorded <laughs> that they yeah. were doing, but, like, how um, someone was, like, you know, how do I handle my, uh, my campaign operations process, like, if my CEO gets involved and, like, throws mm. around. So just stuff like that I thought was pretty cool that people were open with sharing. Yeah, and I think um, also um, from what I liked, um, especially related to the like the one person team or like the one man, one woman team. Um, and I think we talked about this uh, in one of our previous podcasts. It resonated with me, the mob stress, because I think those one the, those teams are just that have one person. I mean, just I could tell during that chat, they were pretty stressed out or they're like, oh, how do I handle this on top of this? But then mm -hmm. I think your workshop and the way you guys presented and the resources that you guys provided helped alleviate and eliminate that stress. And I, I could see that just from their uh, reaction to things. And, and I think that that was a great thing to see from my point of view. Totally, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think the one, the one person teams have definitely maxed out, maxed out on stress, right? And you could, I mean, we knew that before, but going in like being part of the workshop and yeah seeing all, all the comments like because we would say something like you know you should do you should develop a roadmap or like you should prioritize then people will kind of respond like well what if you know you know we've got all of these things that we need to do and then on top of that we've got like all of these other problems and on top of that I'm a one-person team and you know we even talked about one of the things in the workshop was how to build build your team and get more headcount and I think one of the common themes across everything that we talked about was about getting back time because we know like there's you know i always think about things in terms of dominoes right and there's always a lead domino to getting things done and one of the f lead dominoes for marketing operations people to get things done is either it's, it's, a, it's all about time because only a certain amount of time in the day so you either need to get more people on your team to have more time to be able to do more or you need to claw back time so you can actually get your work done because everyone's completely maxed out just kind of spinning spinning around fighting fires and just dealing with everything as it's coming in, that, that, that it's hard for them to do some of the other stuff that they, we talked about in the workshop, like develop a roadmap, you know, really be thoughtful about what you're working on and things like that. So the team aspect and those one person teams, it, it, it is really difficult for them because a lot of them, they're not, it's going to be almost impossible to get more headcount. Um, so then you have to take the other side of it, which is, okay, how do I claw back time? How do I make sure I can really, you know, limit, you know, some of this stuff that I can actually take off my to-do list and maybe get less, have less meetings. And it's an uphill struggle and it takes a lot of discipline and a long time to, to crack it, but mm -hmm. you still have to try. Yeah. I thought that the interesting part too, is when we talk about like boundaries and a lot of people are like, oh, I feel like it's so hard to say no. Or, or mm. in marketing ops, it's even harder to say no. And 
sales ops is really good at saying no. And I thought that was an interesting perspective too, um, throughout the chat that I think people people seem to agree with that bit, right? Yeah. What we said around that for people that weren't there. Sure. I I think, um, a, a big part, uh, of potentially why we don't do ourselves a favor is when we don't have strong enough boundaries. So even if we have a roadmap or even if we have SLAs, if we don't stick to them, or if we don't, um, you know, protect our own time, we just give in and, and kind of, um, you know, do the something for the person who's just the loudest, um, we find that we're never able to get any of our projects done. And, and we were just talking about like, I don't know if it's the personality type of people in marketing ops as well, because I think we've all had to learn that lesson. Uh, we just like getting things done, very type A. We like pleasing people. Um, but it was interesting because others say that, oh, sales ops is actually better at this. Some people even said maybe it's because of like they have a more developer mindset mm-hmm. um, where they're already used to kind of working in sprints or even maybe it's just easier for them to push back. I'm not really sure. Um, so I don't know if any of you guys had any opinions or thoughts on that of maybe why or um, how to maybe protect boundaries, but um, yeah. Yes, I kind yeah. of, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, I mean, I can imagine it could be pretty hard too. I know uh, one attendee mentioned that, you know, their organization is real slack heavy, you know, and, um, you know, it can feel like, when, when certain members of the, of the exec team or somebody, you know, sends you a message and, you know, they want something done, you know, and they want it done right away, you kind of have, your day is kind of derailed, like your plans are kind of derailed. Um, and the same with like team members, like they have like requests that have come in, you guys have a process somewhat in place, but around that process, they're also slacking when it's just like, oh man, like, I don't want to say no, I know I have to eventually answer this this person, you know? And so it's just kind of like, you really have to, like you said, Chrissy, like have some some order in place to where you have deadlines, you have timelines and things and priorities in place to where you can say, you know what, I'd love to get this done for you, but I really have to get this done first. And, you know, if some time frees up, you know, maybe I can, you know, make some more room to kind of get this done earlier. But it's just kind of having that hard, firm no. And a lot of us, you know, like you said, it, it depends on the type of person. It can be kind of tough when you're a person that likes to please people. Um, me, me personally, I like to, you know, I like to make sure that I'm providing value and sometimes I'm neglecting my own health in a lot of situations in my own time. Um, but it's nothing, you know, of course, there's more good in that than bad, but you know, it's, it can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, the idea of the prioritization. Like when someone comes with you to you with a request saying, yeah, I can do that, but I'm going to have to deprioritize something else. So kind of giving them like a more of a perspective of, you know, slotting things in priority. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And that's why we talk about marketing operations needing to have a more product mindset, like a product development mindset. So like anyone listening to this, right. Like you're, you have a product team, right. They would, they ever even dream of not having a roadmap right Mm -hmm. would they would they ever dream of just like dropping everything just for like one customer who had like a little complaint no they're going to filter that through like whatever um you know that they whatever teams or prioritization um thinking that they they need to go through and then that might make it onto the roadmap and that's why we think in marketing operations yes you're not 
you're not creating a product that you're going to go sell, but you are creating a, a product in our, in our eyes. You're mm -hmm. connecting tools, you're connecting systems, you're building systems, and you, your the end result is a product that then your marketing and revenue and your whole business can use and leverage to try and market and sell their, your actual um, product of the company. So and, and having that product mindset has a lot of value because if you do have a roadmap and you do have a plan, then you can easier say no to the things that aren't already on that plan. So, and again, it's hard and it requires discipline and it requires time and a lot of consistency. But once you have done it for a while, people start to realize, okay, they are, they, they do have their shit together. They've got a plan. We need to, you know, we need to change how we're operating because obviously this marketing operations team is doing a lot of great work within this plan they've got set up. Mm -hmm. But when people just see marketing ops just kind of scattered around, fighting fires, doing things here and there, then they just think, oh, they're here for, for me just to send my priorities to them and they'll just do it. So that, that product mindset is, is, is a really valuable one um, to help deal with that mock stress and to be able to give you the confidence to say no. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously another part of it is with your manager and your boss, a lot of times they're the ones putting a lot of pressure on you to do mm -hmm. things. But if you can, and they, but they might not be a marketing ops person. So if you, you need to own that, even if you're like a manager or whatever position, you need to, and you, and you report to higher ups who don't get mocked, you still need to try and get that, that right mindset in place and then try and manage up and kind of coach your own manager on why this is important. And that, that, that can start, immediately in your career you don't have to wait until you're a director to do that yeah yeah i think um switching gears that we kind of started off the session talking about how you know when we first started in mops it was it was kind of just getting like redefined or and also our scope was pretty like tied to specific tech you maybe worked in salesforce a little bit on the lead side account side you were mainly getting like the grips of how to um, sophisticate like your marketing automation platform. But since then, it's just blown up, like as far as like all of the things that you need to do in a marketing ops role and the tools to manage. So um, I, it would be it would be interesting to hear from Maddie and Neil, like both of you are are both pretty, you know, new to um, marketing ops and you know, what we do and, and everything. So was there anything about the session that kind of stood out to you um, or was, or was surprising to you or something new that you learned? Uh, Maddie, you want to go first? <laughs> sure. Neil, I'll take it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much brand new to marketing ops. I was more on the creative and strategic um, engine side of it previous to joining the CS2 team. Um, and so the officer's presentation and workshop was so interesting to me just to hear a lot of the pain points that MOPS people are working through currently. And my experience has been different coming straight into the agency side of it rather than in-house just because I've had that full exposure um, and behind the scenes on the client side and the account side, but then now coming in, being in the more technical aspects of it and really getting into the nitty gritty, it's been really, I've been really fortunate just to be able to learn from 
some of the best in my opinion. Um, but at the same time in the workshop hearing a lot of those one man teams um, or one woman teams, <laughs> they wear a lot of hats. And I think that's really important in MOPS is to be able to juggle, juggle those responsibilities and positions. And, um, and in doing that, there are a lot of tactical strategies that you can use. And I'm learning that from a no pressure standpoint, whereas I think a lot of and what we were hearing in the chat was that a lot of people were just resonating with that they're juggling all of these things. And like you said, Charlie, they're always fighting fires and they don't have time to do the big projects that they were actually hired on to do. Um, and so for me personally, coming into it new on the agency side, I have been able to kind of build that foundation, but I can see how excruciatingly hard it would be for people who come into this position or just are thrown into it um, from a marketing role and then they're trying to figure out how to put out all of these fires and mm. make sure everyone is happy on all the different sides and the aspects so um, I feel really fortunate and I think that the workshop gave those people a lot of resources to take back control into some of their processes and their abilities, but it's definitely, it's a ever evolving role. So there's always going to be something <laughs> that needs to be done right now. And someone pressuring you to do something else. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the people, a lot of people stumble into mops even today. I mean, some people are, you know, choosing it as a career path, but a lot of people still stumble into it and then they're confronted with the complexities of it all and then they're the one responsible and they don't have anyone to lean on and they're in-house and, and I think it's an interesting perspective that you just said around you know, starting agency versus starting in-house and we always think it's great for people to have both because one if you're in-house you can empathize with people in-house when you're on the agency side but from the agency side you're surrounded by a lot of other people that can help support you and you're going to get so many more reps on on a lot of the marketing ops work and then just really accelerate your experience and skill set a lot quicker um whereas like when you're in house you're just like battling a lot of battling a lot of these things you just mentioned and you might not have the support and you might not get the reps in because you're just you know you're you're able to tackle things once and just have to move on um and you might not even have the support to even know how to do that properly um i mean it's the reason why you know businesses like ours are here because you know there's one man one woman teams they often you know come to an agency like ours to be able to go be able to bounce ideas off and get understand like kind of how should I even do this like I don't even know where to start you know stuff that we've just done over and over and over again you're able to support them really get them off the ground help bring some clarity to their life yeah what about you Neil is there anything interesting or surprising or that you um, thought from that day well, it's it's hard to follow up that answer with that again. I mean, I know she's the rookie on forward. I mean, our CS2, but I mean that wasn't a rookie answer at all. Um, but I think before this, so okay. But um, for me, it's I'm coming at it from a, a different path. I mean, than you guys because I do more of the content side. Mm -hmm. um, so. I think for me, and I'm new to the, all of this, uh, marketing operations especially, um, 
but just seeing, and I, I hear you guys talk about it a lot, um, where marketing operations, they don't get enough credit as they should. And I think just being an attend, attendee at the workshop and just seeing through the chat of how much people are like resonating with you guys and they don't feel heard as you know everybody's mentioned earlier. Um, I think that was really like eye-opening for not mm. just me, but for everybody. And then um, uh, just for me, I think, you know, if we want to talk about ABM strategies and MQLs and all that, I'm not the right guy to talk to or <laughs> talk with because I mean, I'm still learning. But I think the the one takeaway um, for me is like how important documentation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like, I always know, and everybody should know, being organized is a good thing. But I think like documentation is very, very critical in everything, mm-hmm. um, especially in marketing operations. Like you guys say, firefighting all the time. You guys are all over the place. Um, so I think actually having a framework or documentation, seeing exactly where point A and you know point B and everything is, is very mm-hmm. helpful. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, Neil actually is probably the person who's listened to the most amount of forward out of anyone <laughs> on the planet. That is true. That is true. <laughs> he, got, he, he got his forward thinking hours up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah for sure. Documentation is, is the, what, did you, what, what was the slide titled? The most important thing people never do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else from, from you, Jarrell and Christy? That you haven't said already? Um, I think, you know. Question. That, something in the workshop, but Gerald, did you have anything you wanted to? No, I think, I think we nailed some, some pretty key points. I mean, we can really just, you know, talk about a whole, whole lot. Um, I think it was, it was just really great, you know, to just be a witness to not, you know, you guys is like, you know, first kind of workshop and just um, seeing the the value that you guys brought to the ops community, the marketing ops community, because at the end of the day, we're all a community, right? We're all feeling the same aches and pains, going through the same struggles. So it's it's almost like basically a family, you know. You 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 you're being able you, you they you guys we're we're basically some people somebody some people that that people can come to for their issues, you know, um, at work or if they need um, any type of refinement in their processes or strategic, you know, guidance um, with you know where their company is going and um, their their strategies, you know. I mean, we're CS2 is that place. So, and I, I think that, you know, with the workshop and the way you guys presented the information, you guys gave your guidance and ideas and um, the, the, the things that you guys have learned through trial and error, people can, you know, trust in that and, and use that to, to help guide them forward. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, now is the, the right time, I believe, I think. I mean, we've been doing this for 10 years now um, and I've never seen a time where, I mean, e- even the Opstars event was called Rise of Ops, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's, with with the whole COVID situation, the the fact that you literally can't do anything that isn't digital. I mean, everyone was like prime, primarily digital anyway, but 
you know, now you, your, your salesperson can't even go have dinner with someone or, you know, your marketing team can't go do an event and like not log it in a Salesforce campaign. Everything is just a hundred percent digital needs to be tracked, needs to be you know, operationalized properly for success. And then the whole business needs to be able to figure out how to use all of this tech and everything that they've got and be able to use it properly to actually provide business value as opposed to just like, you know, just plugging things in and just thinking it's going to help. So mm -hmm. a lot of everything we're talking about is elevating marketing operations, trying to drive it forward, trying to make it a strategic partner to the business. And I think that like the, the, the 2020s, that this decade is going to be the decade where marketing operations really goes up a few gears in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that when I think about, and I know this is the goal I think for it too, but when I think about the, um, the workshop and the content that we're putting out for Mops, because I think there's so much around there of telling you like the best way to use a tool or all the technical kind of know-how. And I think that's um, really great to share and to learn for a marketing ops person, but it, there's never a lot around like, how do you do your job better? How to, how, how, how to actually just work in Mops. It's always just, it can be a sinking feeling when everything you're on is just like, how to build the most like complex, like reporting structure or um, all the things that you probably don't even have that much time to do, but you don't have time to do it because you haven't put in the framework to actually work better and to do all the work. Um, and so I think one of the things that we talked about a lot was having that kind of like business mindset and revenue mindset, which is, I think the really the advantage for a the mops missing, person and probably the missing piece for a lot of mops teams is the missing piece yeah and it's some and i think if a mops person can actually adopt that mindset then i think they'll be able to kind of flourish in their career because they're always going to be focused on the right things for the company and i think having that interest in okay what are the goals of the company what's the goals of marketing how can i tie my work to that but how can i also prioritize based on that it's gonna really drive you forward a different and the different mindset is you know i have to clean up our database i have to put in a naming convention structure i need to do all this stuff that if you're a person of one at a small company startup that's just really trying to you know build pipeline it's probably not that impactful unfortunately well i mean you should do that stuff though, well yeah. you should do it from the start and, yeah. I, and i thought about this before i think that could be taken a, a bit wrong you could do it from the start. And I feel like I, I used to, it was a lesson that I think is nuanced because I've gone into that situation where like, I want to fix everything. I want to do everything. I want everything. Like if I come into an instance and it's a mess, but when I've done that, I've potentially taken my time away from things that are actually going to move the needle and actually what my boss cared about, what their boss cared about. So I'm not saying that those things aren't important. If anything, you should implement it from the start. But if you're inheriting something where there's a lot to be done, really having that mindset of like, where can I start that's going to really matter? And then save those things for a time where once you do have all these, those things fixed, I'm not saying that you should never do it. Um, it is the dip is the difference. And yeah, I think your point is like, if you go into work, and you, you're wondering what to work on, and you just notice something like that, like you, a naming convention somewhere needs to be fixed. Right. That's not the right way to work. No. The right way to work would be coming into work 
kind of like our doctor's office analogy if you have to do the health check figure out what are the bigger projects then put them through a prioritization framework and figure out really what is most tied to business objectives and if somehow the naming convention was at the top of the list because mm-hmm. it's causing a ton of problems and you know maybe you're not able to drive revenue because of it somehow then yeah that should be the top thing but it's not just don't just like read a blog and be like oh i need to do a naming like you know and then just do it you need to have always be aligning to the business always be aligning to the objectives of the business and doing the right work and you can't it's not doing work isn't the goal like doing the right work is the goal and you need to figure out how you as a marketing ops function can figure out what is the right work that's the that's the key right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so one of the follow-up questions i had um around so we did an activity where people would add up the hours that they're in meetings per week mm-hmm. and a lot of people said like 30 to 40. So I was kind of wondering if you're in that in that boat where your week is just filled with meetings and so you're having to work after hours to actually get your job done what can people do to like say no to meetings? Like yeah. You don't want to be the one who's like, I can't meet because I have to work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually had this conversation with a client yesterday and he was like, I literally can't get any of these meetings off my calendar. And I, I bet, I think, you know, we, we probably all can get some, but really, you know, maybe removing one and one hour of meetings from a 40 hour meeting week probably isn't going to make much difference. I think that the the amount of meetings is more of a symptom of the problem than the problem. The problem is like, you're probably just doing too much, right? Or like you're supporting too many teams. You don't have your priorities in check. So you're just doing way too, your breadth of what you're working on is just too wide. And so therefore you need to have meetings with all of these different teams that you're working with all the time on all these projects, because you haven't figured out what are the key things. If at first you figured out what your key projects are, and you have your roadmap and yes, there's still, you're still going to need to work cross function and all of that, but there's probably meetings that you have in your calendar right now for projects, which aren't that important. Um, but you haven't gone through the exercise to figure out if that project should really be on your list right now or not. So, so it's hard. And, that, and that's why we are saying like, there's no silver bullets. This is not like, okay, you're going to get a roadmap tomorrow and everything, everything's going to be solved. You're probably going to get a build your roadmap over the next few months you start communicating it start being disciplined with it start saying no people start reacting to you differently mm-hmm. you know over time it's like a gradual like um process that over time things will get better mm-hmm. but you have to try and if you, the problem is if you don't try you're never going to get there right if you do try you might take you longer to get there than you think or you might you know who knows you might never get there but at, at least you have a chance of getting there right mm-hmm. and if you you know Yes, yeah, so yeah, you have to I, give it a shot. I think that when I think of the ways that I've done in the past, because I've I've always fall, fallen victim to this, but I've really been firm. Like I blocked out that time on my calendar. And like when people schedule me, they have to ask you, like, when are you available? And I would always block out um, from like 10 to 11.30 or sometimes 11 to like 1 um, on my calendar so I can at least get something done and then also have a break for lunch. Um, you know, some, most of the time ends up being me working eating lunch, but like, still I was able to have my time back. And, and then I think the second thing is you'll often find that like meetings on a calendar 
especially from other teams, are their way of like kind of micromanaging you and getting your time. And part of that has to do with trust. And so micromanagement, a lot of the time has to do with that person just not trusting the other person to actually like do the work. And so to Charlie's point, once you actually put some structure around how your team operates, communicating back what your actual projects you're working on, the goals, you're driving the meetings for when they should be created. You're telling other teams, hey, I have office hours on Friday. This is when you're going to meet with me. That's you taking back control. But also then they trust you. You're building that trust that they know that you're going to get something done because you'll start delivering things as well. And so I think that Charlie's point is it's something that happens over time and they'll they'll probably see less people trying to add on just like last minute things to a calendar because I often see that that's because the person's just like, I want you to work on my project. Like, where's my status? What's this and that, you know? Um, And so that's, that's a goal is to put all this stuff that we're talking about in place so you can get to a place where you can remove Mm -hmm. that time. And just be and consistent. Yeah. And that was one of the, the biggest mops challenges I think that was in you guys' deck too, is our calendars, right? Just more mm-hmm. and more meetings and how they definitely just shot to a different level during the pandemic. And, um, you know, I remember uh, someone in the chat mentioning that they do or she does this thing where she, she calls it Focus Fridays. And, mm-hmm. you know, she blocks out pretty much the whole day on Friday to get all the work done and she probably couldn't have done Monday through Thursday and maybe that's that's a a golden key too is like Mm -hmm. not necessarily trying to get out of all of the you know a lot of your meetings or trying to find out where to move them around but maybe you just kind of pull what you have on Friday earlier into the week you know into different days different slots and kind of if it's crammed I mean maybe cramming it a little bit just so it can free you up some more space on Friday you know to just kind of breathe come up for air and kind of get what you need to get done yeah i mean you have to do it a lot of this stuff we're working on needs deep focused work over a a long period of time and if you keep on getting taken out of that then it's really difficult to like kind of get the energy to get back into it right like you're building something it's much better to like spend a day building it than like 30 minutes or an hour each day across a week um but yeah i think um i think that's a about sums it up right and this podcast is yeah getting a bit getting a bit longer so do you have any final words no I mean I think that I I don't know if everyone else on the call agreed but one of the things that's like energizing right now is also to see people kind of like stoked about like what they're working on in ops and really seeing the rise of ops and you know that's the main goal of forward thinking right we want to elevate marketing ops because we think it it deserves it so um so yeah i mean i'm excited let's keep promoting marketing ops and all the value we bring and and yeah yep don't be the leaf that floats with the stream be the rock that splits the stream there we go that's we'll end on that Jarrell. yeah (laughs) (laughs) to my marketing ops community out there (laughs) all right what was that christy with the analogies there we go all right words of wisdom yeah all right well everyone we'll see you on the next episode of forward and thank you yep see ya (laughs) this is charlie so if you liked what you heard hit like on the platform where you watch this 
Also, leave a review. Honestly, we'd really, really appreciate it. You can also subscribe where you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is packed full of exclusive content, updates for events or courses that we might be doing, all designed to elevate your marketing operations and B2B strategy. See you next time on Forward and Forward is on.